Hey, welcome to the Soul Glitch Podcast, the podcast about things that we thought we'd never have to say about black culture, black politics, and being black in America. I'm Dion. And I'm Naomi. Let's go. I guess you saw the interview with uh, Miss Gail King. Uh, she was interviewing. I saw snippets. I didn't see the whole thing. Yeah, she was interviewing Lisa Leslie, former WNBA All Star, mm-hmm. probably one of the best players, if not the best player of all time, who came into the league with Kobe. They were about the same age. They started okay. at the same time, and they both played. Probably, well, he probably played a little bit longer than she did, but they both had. Um, very long careers him in the M- NBA and her in the WNBA um, okay. and so uh, Miss Gail King aka Oprah's friend decided that uh, during this interview she was going to broach the subject of Kobe's alleged rape allegations so uh, mm-hmm. I'm going to go ahead and play that little excerpt from the interview okay his legacy is complicated because of sexual assault charge, which was dismissed in 2003, 2004. Is it complicated for you as a woman, as a WNBA player? It's not complicated for me at all. Even if there's a few times that we've been at a club at the same time, Kobe's not the kind of guy, never been like, you know, please go get that girl or tell her or send her this. I have other NBA friends that are like that. Mm-hmm. Kobe's, he, he was never like that. I just never see have ever seen him being the kind of person that would be, do something to violate a woman or be aggressive in that way. That's just not the person that I know. But Lisa, you wouldn't see it though. As his friend, you wouldn't see it. And that's possible. Mm -hmm. I just, it's just, I just don't, I just don't believe that. Mm -hmm. And I'm not saying things didn't happen. Mm -hmm. I just don't believe that things didn't happen with force. Is it even a fair question to talk about it considering he's no longer with us and that it was resolved? Or is it really part of his history? I think that the media should be more respectful um, at this time. It's like if you had questions about it, you've had many years to ask him that. I don't think it's something that we should keep hanging over his legacy. I mean, he went to it went to trial. Yeah, well, the case is, it was dismissed because the victim in the case refused to testify. So it was dismissed. And I think that that's how we should leave it. It is interesting to me how deeply his, his death has affected so many different types of people. Why do you think people are so deeply affected, in many cases, by a man they did not know? I really think it's the idea that you rooted for him or you didn't. But that was an emotion evoked either way. You know what I keep thinking, Lisa, as as often as the case, it was probably just another ordinary day for them. And then in seconds, your life is forever changed. Forever changed. It reminded me about the quote about um, joy and sorrow are inseparable. 
And it's just that, like sorrow has been awakened in my life, in their lives, in the world's lives. Yeah, man, I forgot how she's so poised, so beautiful, Lisa Leslie, and so mm -hmm. in, and spoke so intelligently about, uh, well, about, she handled that question very well, very intelligently and very gently uh, mm -hmm. handled that that question that Gail posed, which I didn't think, you know, I expected, you know, I expected Gail to go there because, you know, I know, you know, I just, you know, I, I expected her to go there. You know, I didn't think it was that bad, but black Twitter lost day mind. Mm -hmm. Hip hop artists lost their mind. And mainly, mm -hmm. and I'm, I'm gonna play Snoop Dogg and, and Little Bootsy, uh, their response to that simple question that Gail asked. And so here we go. Mm -hmm. Gail King, out of pocket for that shit. And I didn't want to see his pocket. up his nostrils like that in this, in this video. <laughs> He had a lovely coordination. I swear to God, we the worst. We the fucking worst. We expect more from you, Gail. Don't you hang out with Oprah? Why y'all attacking us? We your people. You ain't coming after fucking Harvey Weinstein asking them dumbass questions. There go that name again. I get sick of y'all. I want to call you one. Is it okay if I call him one? Funky dog head. How dare you try to tarnish my homeboy's reputation, punk <laughs> Respect the family and back off before we come get you. Would you ask some like that? I don't give a fuck who friend it is. I don't give a fuck she can Obama. Uh-oh. Why the would you do something like that? Why would you do that to your people? You know what people are going through, right? Why would you ask a fucking question like that? Trying to tarnish somebody's image. You do that to your own black people. You say it. I'm finna fire your ass up. You say it, bro. People talking, black people need to stop fucking trying to Hurt black people for success. So all the reason you ask that for to get your fucking numbers up. Give a fuck who you can to. Wow. Woo. Mm-hmm. Woo. Woo. Mm -hmm. Where did mm -hmm. that energy come from? Gee. Mm. I was like, wow. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Mm. Yeah, yeah. Oh, so I'm gonna let you start. <laughs> well, I'm I'm gonna start out by saying this. When we were talking the other day, right? I had not. It was a few things I hadn't considered, mm -hmm. and I had a chance to sit down, do some digging. As I was digging, I was getting more, I was seeing more and more people's reaction and hearing different people's reactions. And 
my position has slightly changed, but even further into the direction where I was going with our conversation. We uh-huh. talked what like Wednesday? Yes. Okay. So I'm tell you how much this bothered me. I sat down this morning, eight o'clock, and I started writing. Mm-hmm. Dion? Yes. Six pages. Six of pages notes. of notes. Six pages typed. Jesus. Of notes. Because it was bothering me. And um I'm gonna just some highlights. Break it down for us so they'll forever and consistently be, be broken. Be broke. Okay. So as a black woman, this entire drama is not my business. Not at all. What what? It ain't my business. Okay. I'm gonna tell you why. Because according to black men in general, if a man is not my husband, father, son, or close family member, what they choose to do is none of my business. So I'm going to be quiet and not defend Kobe's legacy against anyone. Considering Kobe's perspective about the African-American culture, when black men were being gunned down, his non-defense of black women, and his divestment from the black community in his personal life, his non-defensive black woman, oh, sorry, I don't have a dog in this fight. So I'm gonna be quiet. I'm gonna be completely quiet. I don't think Miss King did anything wrong in her interview because she was doing her job as a journalist. She didn't press Miss Leslie. Leslie answered her question. She gave her perspective. She was not interrupted. The in, we just listened to the interview. It went just as smooth. And it lasted, that part, that questioning might have lasted, well, all the two minutes out of a much longer interview. If this was just some panel that was discussing Kobe and there was nobody there to kind of give his side of things or to defend him in any kind of way, I would probably have an issue, but I don't. And after mulling over this whole thing, my issue is actually directed at other black women who choose to defend black men who don't defend us. That's my issue now. There's no reciprocity for black women within the black community. Um, there's no real loyalty there. Many men have the idea, like I said before, that if a woman is not their wife, daughter, sister, mother, they don't owe them any protection or loyalty. Gail was attacked verbally. She was threatened. She has to have security all over four, maybe five questions during the interview. And it takes Susan Rice, a woman, to come out and offer defense over black men having a hissy fit. Because that honestly, that's honestly what they sounded like to me. They sounded like toddlers having a fit. That's what it sounded like to me. And, you know, I, the, my bullet points. Again, 
another reason why it's not my business. Some women might be upset where a woman was harassed. She was, you know, potentially allegedly raped. Kobe's rape accuser was not a black woman. Just like I told you the other day. I don't give a damn about Harvey Weinstein other than one or two particular cases where he assaulted black women. And even in those cases, you hear, just like Snoop just said, what about Weinstein? Why aren't they doing anything about Weinstein? Where was where were black men when Lupita came out and said that Weinstein harassed her? Where was that same venom? That's a very good point. I didn't see it. I didn't see it at all. So, like I was saying, non-black women do not collectively defend or cake for us black women during similar situations. So that also has nothing to do with me. Her rape allegation ain't got nothing to do with me. Lupita's does, but not whoever this accuser was. Um, they have white men and women who are focusing on Kobe's rape gal- allegations in defense of that non-black woman, which is perfectly fine. Black men, however, are focusing on Gail for even just bringing it up. It's ironic because when black women want to focus on issues like colorism, featureism, violence against black women from black men, the fatherlessness epidemic and other related issues, we're told by black men to blame racism and white supremacy. That's deflection. They don't want to take accountability. That's a deflection from the issue. Another point, the men who came out to quote, defend Kobe's legacy, they don't defend black women in their real lives either. Yeah, Snoop's married to a black lady that he's cheated on for years, has publicly admitted he cheated on for years. They want to break a divorce back in 2004. She took him back. Consider his song lyrics that he is quoted and saying that he does not at all regret having said. He gave an excuse of saying, yeah, he was growing up then and, you know, he was young and blah, blah, blah. Now that he's older and he's learned how to appreciate Black women, he we shouldn't expect to hear any lyrics like what he used to say. But he doesn't re- even regret saying it. You got that. I don't even had to go on. 50 cent everybody like you said you even said he's the like grand a troll, troll. <laughs> you know so the grand he troll. don't even take you know he talked all kinds of shit about his own kids so i wouldn't expect much from him little boosty badass i mean look at his name yeah. really yeah okay another point kobe himself did not identify much with african-american culture and he did not defend black women or black boys he was the one that he did not defend trayvon martin he did not defend trayvon martin outside of going to prom with brandy what else has he done for black women outside of being a basketball inspiration and i don't blame him for his preferences in women the man grew up in italy because his father, from what I understand, was a professional baseball, basketball player. He w- he did not grow up here. So he preferred non-black women. And that's fine. I don't have an issue with that. But my whole point is, he was not invested in us. He was not. 
I have a quote from an article and I'm going to send you what I wrote. Um, hold on. One of my points was I don't get one thing I don't get is why black men insist on defending him and honoring his legacy to the point of giving death threats to black women for a black woman who was doing her job because I think they do it because they want his life. They idolized him. That's why I think that's why I think that gut reaction was coming from. They idolized Kobe. They wanted what he had. He didn't defend Trayvon. During Trayvon Martin's situation, Kobe said, quote, in a wide, this comes from an article, so this is a quote from the article. In a wide-ranging interview, the future Hall of Famer was asked about the Miami Heat show of solidarity for Martin, the 17-year-old African-American shot to death in Florida by Neighborhood Watch volunteer George Zimmerman, who was acquitted last year of second-degree murder. Bryant, he seemed to take exception to the idea that African-Americans should base their opinions on race. Quote, this is the quote from Kobe. I won't react to something just because I'm supposed to because I'm African-American, Bryant said. That argument doesn't make any sense to me. So we want to advance a society and a culture, but say if something happens to an African-American, we e immediately come to his defense. Yet you want to talk about how far we've progressed in society? Well, we've progressed as a society, then don't jump to somebody's defense just because they're African-American. You sit and you listen to the facts just like you would any other situation, right? So I won't assert myself. Mm. So my suggestion is we take his advice. I think we should take his advice. Don't jump to conclusions. Black men need to stop jumping to conclusions that they're defending his legacy when he wouldn't even bother to defend a, a murdered boy. Another point, Kobe was not my husband. He wasn't my brother. He wasn't my son. He wasn't my family member or friend. So, so why should I say anything in defense? You know, I know the other day I was, I was heated. One, because I didn't know all of the, all of the points of what was going on. So my perspective was different now is completely you know i'm i'm looking i'm considering other black women who may not who are who are out here caping and putting all of this energy into going after gail and um and oprah but <sighs> considering how black men as a collective not you specifically but as a collective treat black women and looking at the general responses that black men have for black women when someone is actually coming for us and we're told, oh, well, you strong and independent, you handle it yourself. Well, for all of the butt hurt men who are concerned about Gail supposedly coming after Kobe's lesson, I mean, our legacy, you grown and independent, deal with it. I'm gonna be I'm gonna be quiet. Cause I know they wouldn't come, they wouldn't come to my defense. And that's about it. I'm gonna play um Eric Dyson's response. Mm -hmm. you... I heard this one. Yeah. 
brothers and sisters, the response to Gail King's interview with Lisa Leslie contains many elements that I think are deeply and profoundly problematic. To begin with, I loved Kobe Bryant and mourn him to this day. I knew him well. We have a tremendous relationship and friendship. The last game he played in Washington, D.C., I was there and he gave me a profound and long hug that is captured on video. I wrote the essay in Slam Magazine, the cover story on Kobe Bryant when he retired, calling him the best ever. So I love him, appreciate him, and more especially love what he did with his life after that horrendous event in Colorado. Many people, me included, believed Kobe Bryant when he say he did not rape that young lady. And yet he apologized to her because he recognized that though he thought it was a moment of consent, she did not. And instead of attempting to demonize her, he owned up to his own complicity in a situation that led this young woman to believe that he had done something to her against her will. And in confessing his own apology, he did not say that he raped her. He did not believe he did. He believed, therefore, in retrospect, that she did and owned up to acknowledging the horrendous consequences of what happened. And not only did he give an apology, his life changed in the aftermath. When you notice Kobe Bryant's trajectory from that moment on, here was a man who was deeply and profoundly committed to his wife. He confessed his adultery to her. He apologized for that in public as well. And then he went on to have four daughters with her and to embrace women's sport and to make certain that his own life was a testimony to the profound transformation that he endured as a young black man in America and embracing his responsibilities. Yes, he acknowledged that there had to be change, a paradigm shift in his own life. And he didn't have to say that, he evidenced it in his own life, in his own living and transformation. And so I understand people who are deeply and profoundly upset at that interview between Gail King and Lisa Leslie. I understand that. And there's a legitimate uh, platform to be had by questioning whether Miss King should have raised it in that fashion. But think about it this way. Without her having raised it, Lisa Leslie would not have had the opportunity to speak to it in a profoundly compelling and cogent fashion because Gail King was not the only person asking that question. I didn't notice this venomous outrage by black celebrities and stars against the young white woman reporter from the Washington Post who didn't simply ask a question about Kobe Bryant's um, time in Colorado and the horrendous situation that occurred. She released a, an article, right, or reposted an article that talked about Kobe Bryant as actually having committed this particular crime for which there was no legal uh, finding because uh, after 14 months, the case was dismissed because the young woman refused to testify. We know it was complicated as Gail King said. We know that it was, Kobe Bryant himself admitted that. 
So we didn't go after that young white woman in the same venomous way that we're going after Gail King. Gail King is a journalist, and Gail King must be held accountable for the things she said. She has responded um, in a video talking about the way in which it was ex extricated from a broader um, interview and that uh, her own company may have deserved her by only presenting that. But here's the point I want to make that for Gail King and Oprah Winfrey, who have done far more good for black people than harm, Oprah Winfrey has been assaulted as well. Oprah Winfrey, as a journalist, must be held to account as well, as she is willing to admit. She changed her mind about participation in the Russell Simmons documentary. Uh, she opened her own understanding of American Dirt, the novel that was produced, and said, I got it wrong, and so let me bring in people who are critical of some of the moments in American Dirt and the impetus of a white woman to write about indigenous experiences and Latinx experiences in a way that is not profound and complicated and nuanced and therefore is willing to say, let me change my mind and engage those people as well. So you can have legitimate critiques of Oprah Winfrey and Gail King. You can legitimately ask them, what about their uh, viewpoints about Harvey Weinstein and uh, Al Franken and Charlie Rose versus a Kobe Bryant, right? That's a legitimate critique. What is not legitimate is to, in a vicious sense, assault them. This cancel culture has to be ended, has to itself be canceled. All the good that... That was uh, Mr. Dyson. Mm-hmm. His response. We disagree on a few points, but for the most part... Yeah, for the most part, yeah, like I agree with him on on um most of what he said. And my feelings about it is I don't have a problem with what Gail said, right? I just did not mm -hmm. expect that reaction from everybody. I didn't expect I did. Snoop to go ham. I didn't little Boosie and them. I didn't expect them to go that ham. Oh, and it, I did. And I it stoked the fire and then black Twitter did, I didn't expect death threats, right? Death threats, mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. It is really, it was, gonna. it was really not that serious, but this is, I've, I knew this was going to happen. I knew this was happening. We had discussion a long time ago. I said, at some point, she's going to have to reconcile Harvey Weinstein, Epstein and her spiritual advisor. That man was a freak. Um, what was her little, he's in jail. And I said, at some point, she's going to have to reconcile that or it's going to come back to bite her. And it mm -hmm. came back to bite her. Now, I don't agree with Snoop calling that woman out her name, calling her B-I-T-C-H. Uh, and he kind of incited violence. I felt like he, and, and you know, I'm going to have to come for you. No, bro, that was not even called for. I don't agree with us uh, getting all street over her just simply asking that question. I mean, what do we expect? She's a journalist and she's gay. We, we knew that question was going to get asked. So what? why are we going to get all out of pocket or all mad at each other and mad at her over and then come for that lady like that? Now, I'm going to play you one from Ricky Smiley. I didn't. I really didn't expect Ricky Smiley to be as vocal I have I have a comment before you get there. Yeah, I saw I saw that he he posted something, but I didn't listen to it because by the time I was just tired. Mm -hmm. 
but but my question is my response to 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 you saying that they have to why is it that a group of people who are not pro-black in everyday life i.e black men why is it expected that gail and oprah be pro-black for them it's not even to be about being pro-black to me it's why? At, it's at the risk of her seeming hypocritical because she How is sh- because she 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 seems she goes out there like she is a champion for the cause no matter what she's going to expose women not just black women just women in general like she's a champion for the cause i don't have a problem with them doing this making it this is their, if that's their thing this is their thing where they she they uproot they uproot and expose men who take advantage of women go for okay. it but at the risk of being hypocritical is that she has had business and business dealings with harvey weinstein right he produced mm-hmm. the butler and helped produce her show and several other movies and miramax like mm-hmm. they have had uh, they have a business partnership and to me harvey weinstein if is one of the worst if not the well second only to jeffrey epstein harvey weinstein is number two epstein is number one kelly would probably be a close third and and yeah and and what they did so and her spiritual leader who was her spiritual leader uh, remember the guy that called himself john of god mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. let me see i'm gonna play you uh the excerpt where she did the interview with john of god her, her, next, her next a chapter spiritual surgeon a spiritual surgeon and his own daughter accused him of sexual assault and this is supposed to be Gail's spiritual leader no Oprah Oprah's spiritual leader it was one of her spiritual advisors John of God and she did her whole show with John of God she gave him a whole show Remember, I would tell you that was about the time I figured out that Oprah was she was on something else, but um, it wasn't um, it wasn't Christianity, <laughs> you know. I was like, she's oh no, she she renounced Christianity decades yeah. ago. Dwells in Brazilian village. There was a whole Once interview. featured on Oprah. Yeah, I saw it came up. Yeah, John of God. And it was, yeah, she, hmm. uh, yeah, I was like, okay. So your position is because of how they've put themselves out there as these advocates right. for women in general. Well, that yeah. black men are perfectly within their rights. No. Absolutely to have this not. level of expectancy not. that they go no listen I didn't say anything about the vitriol I didn't okay. say anything about that I'm saying that your position is that because of their associations with these two people 
Weinstein invested in Gail money in Oprah in Oprah in Oprah and this John of God person both people who were found to um, have victimized women right and children that as a black male that a black male has the right to question them whenever they go after a black man who has victimized women just be, I'm not gonna say just because but because they have these associations with these two people my thing is the people over and over again have put it out there about what about Epstein what about Weinstein what about John of God so many people mm-hmm. and I know they've seen this they have to be they're not blind their own social media is- they have seen it they have been indicted about about the question and they will not respond Oprah has yet what? to respond and she'll say stuff like I did not know Harvey was the monster that was the monster he was and I'm like you don't know maybe she didn't know prior to this case maybe she didn't is there proof that she did was she in the room with her pictures of her and him smacking somebody across the ass and giving a massage? Maybe she didn't know. But in in this whole crusade, mm-hmm. you will go after Uncle Russell, Russell Simmons. Okay, so versus, why is versus why Harvey is Weinstein? Woman's, why is one woman's assault less or more it's important not less, than another? But I'm just so, saying the worst offenders. And it's like, and then like Russell and then Weinstein and Epstein. Russell, it's like you, I mean, why? I mean, Russell is low hanging fruit, right? And Russell, Mm. and Russell, she even left it alone. Russell is not low hanging fruit to whoever he may have assaulted. Russell didn't even, Russell said that, look, he slept around. Russell said, I was Mm. a dirty old man. I slept around. But Russell, she just walked away. Just like, you know what? and walked away from it and see that was the first time that they almost they almost got it when they were going after russell and people started going in on them and i knew this was going to happen again i was like at some point in time they're going to have to answer this question and with me i don't have a problem with what they do but i do wish i do hope at some time they address the white elephants in the room why should why because they Why at the is... risk of sounding hypocritical. If it's, if what's good oh for the goose God. is good for the gander, I don't care if they white. I don't care. You know, you're supposed to be exposing everything. Would it have been better if they had gone after the preacher in the town that's been molesting children for over 30 years? I mean, I'm what are you? Or Harvey Weinstein, or just some random one, because we both know that they exist. The pastor, the uncle, the community service worker that's molesting young girls and nobody's saying anything about it because none of of the other people want to tarnish this man's legacy. Would it have been better if Oprah or Gail had gone after that or Harvey Weinstein? I just think it's a legitimate critique. I don't think it's legitimate. I don't think that within within the spectrum of black men and black women and this black, black community, 
and this code that black men keep throwing out there. They don't specifically say the word code, but listen, you remember when Scoop was, Scoop was talking about, oh, we your people. How you gonna come after us like that? Boosie, same, he says something similar. So since black men want to bring this into this conversation, let's talk about what black, what happens with black folks in black communities and who gets shut down and who doesn't. Now you did bring up a valid point about Lapita, and where yeah. and where was that same energy Snoop and Bootsy and Black Twitter had when Harvey? And she's not with a white man; she's actually with a black woman. When yeah, when Harvey uh, tried it with her, what was that same energy? Exactly. But on the flip black side, that not- but that could be flipped the other way. Like Oprah wears that ah. same energy because Harvey Harvey went after a black woman. Harvey, Harvey, I mean, you can flip it the same way. Sweetheart. And now, now don't get me wrong. What Snoop did is absolutely wrong, and he was out of pocket. He didn't have to come after that grown woman like that. I mean, for just asking that question. But at the same time, if Snoop had not called out of her name, not incited violence against her, but simply said, Gail, I got one question for you. What about Harvey Weinstein? What about Jeffrey Epstein? What about John of God? You came after and went down the list and you came after everybody else. And then let me tell you, let me tell you what just I was doing with Snoop. The one thing that just made me just like, oh my goodness. Afterwards, it wasn't in this clip, but afterwards, Snoop gonna talk about free Bill Cosby. Because again. Black men want us to be on code until it's time for them to be held accountable. But if he had a left it at that. No. If he had a left it at that, I'd have been fine. Mm-mm. If he just asked no. that one question and walked away from it. Again, not my fight. I ain't worried about it. So I was. I, mm. But I'm going to play Ricky Smiling, which I was surprised at Ricky. Mm-mm. I'm not surprised. I was let me surprised. To be, let yeah. me prepare to be unsurprised. Hey, what up, Facebook? This boy, Ricky Smiley. Hey, listen. It's uh, a little loud. So, you know, yeah, I just, uh, I always take a nap when I get off the air because I get so tired because I be up this at boy just woke up. Wake up and just <laughs> he just woke social up. Media. Uh, first of all, I want to thank mm-hmm. Snoop Dogg for joining the morning show this morning. Thank Erica Badu for coming on this morning, too. Um, so it, 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 uh, I never really just sat down and made a whole complete, uh, post about, about this right here. Um, I saw Oprah Winfrey today on, uh, I don't know if it was the view of the talk, but I just saw the clip. Only thing I know I saw was, uh. Uh, Jewish W. Bush daughter sitting next to her. Well, I can't think of what show it was, but Oprah was on this morning and they asked Oprah Winfrey how um, how Gail, Gail King was doing. And Oprah, you know, she was uh, about teared up and I, I, and I can understand how she feel because Gail King is her friend and she feels that way about her friend, you know. 
Um, and she said that Gail uh, is not doing well. She said Gail is not doing well. Vanessa Bryan is not doing well. And, and see, and I, and I think people are missing out on why we're mad, even though I don't condone threats. I don't condone, uh, uh, as a matter of fact, some, some things that I shared, I took it, you know, cause when I watch Michael Eric Dyson's, uh, which everybody should go and watch Michael Eric Dyson's, uh, the thing, uh, what up Bill Baker? Love you, man. Uh, the thing that, uh, Michael Eric Dyson posted made a lot of sense. It made me calm down a little bit because I'm human. I make mistakes. I'm react or whatever, a certain way or whatever. She said that uh, Gail was getting death threats and having slept the last couple of nights, and I understand that. And, you know, I don't agree with anybody, you know, making death threats, uh, you know, and, and I, I understand. I'm, I'm gonna get to that part in a minute. Um, but the point that I think that a lot of people that oppose uh, Snoop Dogg and some of the stuff on social media and how angry we are is because of the fact not only Kobe Bryant died, his daughter died also. And then Kobe mm -hmm. Bryant has not been buried. So while you doing while this interview is running on uh, CBS or whatever network is running on, Vanessa Bryant got to go pick out two caskets. Not one. She got to go pick out two caskets. Two. Not one, two. Vanessa Bryant got to bury a husband a best friend, a daughter, a best friend. And not only is she grieving, she got to comfort her her mother and mm -hmm. their daughters mm -hmm. and everybody else in their circle, uh, nieces and nephews and other people that was close to Kobe. And it's really sad. And like Bill Bellamy said, I said this on the radio, but Bill Bellamy uh, said this on this post, you can uh, go to Bill Bellamy's page and, or, and, or D.O. Hughley's page. They shared the same thing. We understand journalism. We understand that people have to do what they have to do and ask the tough question. But being black, having a grandmother, having a black mother or a black father or a pastor or an uncle or whatever, it's just certain things that you be like, no. Uh-uh. My grandma, no, I better not do that right there. No, I I better not say that right there. I, no, I better not go over there. Your your common sense and your your intuition that your grandmother and, and different people taught you just kinda kinda kick in a little bit and you be like, nah, that's not the right thing to do. I know it's part of the job. I, like like I'm a comedian. You know what I'm saying? And I see stuff in the audience that I can just really just do a whole hour on. I see stuff in the audience, you know, that I could just, if, if a lady's sitting in the audience and she, she, you know, lost all her hair or whatever, if, if I was stupid, I would make jokes and can go on about 30 minutes and just kill it. But then your grandma uh, uh, uh home training kick and said, nah, I might not need to do that because that lady probably dealing with uh, uh, leukemia or breast cancer or, you know, something that's definitely wrong. Something don't feel right about saying nothing about this lady or this man. 
that's sitting in the audience, not unless you heckle me or whatever, you know, you yell out some stuff, you know, that's something totally different or whatever, you know, but I still probably wouldn't if I knew that the person was sick. And that, that brings me back to my point. Man, being being Vanessa Bryant right now, to lose, to lose a kid is, first of all, forget COVID. So, so what do you think about his, his uh, I'm gonna ask this question before. Um, okay. Before I go there, did he mention Kobe's mother Kobe's or Kobe's book. sister? Um, or considering considering the feelings of Kobe's black mother and sister. Now I agree. Yes, his wife is dealing with a lot. I cannot imagine at all. What she's going through right now, having to bury a husband and a 13-year-old baby. Aside from that, you still got a black man protecting, speaking about the need to protect the feelings of a non-black woman. And not once in that clip. Now I haven't heard the whole thing. I think I got some more of it. If he and if he did actually mention Kobe's mother the need from her to be sheltered from this and Kobe's sisters their need to be sheltered from this then I'll be like okay but otherwise more to my point I think okay, I'm, I think I got some Yo, Gail what's wrong I understand Oprah pulled back the interview off of uh, Russell Simmons or whatever but by then everybody felt like after the Michael Jackson interview why he did you know what I'm saying? And, they, and everybody's absolutely correct about the Harvey Weinstein uh, uh, situation. Co- absolutely correct. Absolutely correct. Because if that's what you're doing, then do it. Spread it all around. But don't just single out, which seems like black men being singled out by y'all. And that's what Why got not? everybody they upset. Black. They've been harassed by black men. I don't want to demonize nobody. I don't want to demonize Gail. Yeah, I, sure, I, I ask God for, right for her safety. I, I hope God put his protective angels around her and around Oprah Winfrey. They are still black women. Let me say this. Michael Eric Dyson was absolutely correct. Oprah Winfrey have donated so many millions and millions and millions mm-hmm. of dollars to HBCUs and have done so many wonderful things uh, uh, in the community. And I just hate that, uh, you know, you're almost messing up her, your image by, by these mistakes right here and just all in this tight tight spot doing all of these things and it just seemed like mm-hmm. you know uh you against black men but i have yet to see her come on accountability here, accountability and a complete sincere downright outright apology with no without any explanation Fuck without all. any justification it's an outright <laughs> hey folks mm. i made a bad mistake my timing was Mm-mm. bad. I sincerely Mm-mm. apologize if I hurt Mm-mm. anyone. I From swear the bottom of my don't. heart, I apologize. Please forgive me. I'll never get it wrong again if I need to come or make a donation to, to, to a cause for victims that has been killed or whatever. I'm willing Mm-mm. to make a donation. Oprah and I, we'll write a check Mm-mm. for however amount they choose to write it for. 
uh, in support of well, victims yeah, I who thought have that lost was silly because he know good and well that ain't going to tragedy. That's how, that's how you do. See, the thing about it is everybody made a mistake. Own it. Ayanna Van Zant said, own it. Oh. But you got to do right. Look what, to listen right. to what so he proposes. We, 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 if, 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 we need to get into a conversation. It would be nice. But um, I would like to see Ayanna Van Zant get in a room with 50 Cent, Snoop Dogg, Oprah, and Gail, a few <laughs> other people, um, and I'm have sorry. a conversation. And I get everybody on the same page because with all the stuff that's going on at the White House mm-hmm. with this president and racism at an all mm-hmm. outright high and going in the stores and white people haters and white people calling the police on black people just because of their existence. Damn, we just can't be fighting amongst each other. Mm-hmm. We can't because it's a, it's a bigger fight over there. It's a bigger fight at 1600 mm-hmm. Pennsylvania Avenue. Simple as that. We got a big fight. We got an election coming up, you know, and we just got to get in a better space with each other. We just don't have time for this. I want everybody on here to please, on everything, pray for Vanessa Bryant and her family. Pray for Vanessa Bryant and her family. I don't care. He said, <laughs> a conversation. <laughs> 50 Cent, Snoop Dogg, Gail and Oprah, mediated by Ayanna Van I would pay money to watch that. Dion. I would pay money. I wonder what Faircon has said. Did Faircon, he's been quiet. Has he, has so he didn't he didn't mention Kobe's mama nope. or his sisters. You're right. But no, he no. up there, he up and, and again, nothing against Vanessa. She deserves all the condolences. And she was not the only one who lost someone in that family. I tell you, wow, Faircon has been quiet. He hasn't said anything. Cause I bet you Faircon Faircon knew what Kobe was about. And the other thing too, I, I got another. I got another. Uh, I got another potential reason why Snoop was so strong in his uh, defense secret, of Kobe. Because he's secretly in love with Martha Stewart. <laughs> you know what? I really think something did happen think, between yeah. them two. I think, man. Yeah. I think they was smoking splits one night and things went places. <laughs> we I, love I, it too. I think things went places that Snoop never imagined. I think Martha turned Snoop out. Not not the other way around. You so stupid. Martha, Martha Stewart had the, all that. She probably had deep DIY toys that she did it herself and self-decorated. She probably had a room. You're so <laughs> nasty. Okay. <laughs> 
Oh my gosh. And Snoop look, ain't look. never been the same since. You so dumb. Did you know or do you remember that Snoop had his own history of rape allegations? Yeah. Uh-huh. Oh yeah. Back in 2005, he along with ABC were sued by a makeup artists after uh, Jimmy Kimmel's live taping. According to the woman, quote, during that party that same night, Bell was allegedly encouraged by some by a Snoop Dogg associate to drink something she initially believed was champagne, according to her lawsuit, Mm-mm. which is online at the Smoking Gun. After drinking the substance, Bell started to feel very heavy and could not control her body per her lawsuit. At that point, she was allegedly sexually assaulted by Snoop Dogg and several associates and then raped by the three of them, including the rapper, according to the lawsuit. Sounds a whole, you know, sounds pretty pudding popish to me. That might, might, might be why he's always defending Bill Cosby. He might think once he pass on, somebody going to be drink, um, bringing this up. Yeah, we didn't need to hear from Bill Cosby. <laughs> that was the worst. First of all, this man is blind. I'm going to need somebody to take his phone for one. Yeah. And two, he, he didn't need... write that. He didn't write that. It. Yeah, obvious. It didn't even sound like him. It's like somebody reworded it. I don't know if his publisher is still doing stuff for him or maybe, what. Maybe Bill is in jail and he got all militant. He is that man. Mm-hmm. Because it's it's a weird world. It's a weird world when hip hop artists like Snoop Dogg are defending mm-hmm. Bill Cosby, and mm-hmm. Bill Cosby is welcoming welcoming the the approval of hip hop art. The world is turned upside mm-hmm. down. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I was uh, Bill Cosby <laughs> chimed in. Yeah, he he should have like, he should have all the hell the way up. <laughs> He's in mm-hmm. 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 Yeah, I, mm. I'm. I keep hoping that we get past this. Um, <sighs> and we stop stop doing this, man. I mean. We shall overcome. We will. No, I we won't. Why would you stop saying it, miss? In my heart. You believe that, miss, if you want do to. Believe. That's some bull right we there. We shall overcome. No, we won't. One day. I told you. I told you when that'll happen. How long? Not long. It's already been too damn long. It ain't gonna happen. So, it's a mess. This whole situation... It is a mess. And um, not my fight though. <laughs> I'm good. But is it just Snoop Dogg and Black Twitter? And and I mean Snoop Dogg and Black Twitter probably are probably just a small percentage as a whole. Cause I, I mean really Snoop Dogg. Nobody. He the only one. It was a lot of people co-signed him, and it's a lot of people 
in oh my phone is over there there's a lot of people on uh in the youtube you know youtube is my more my um domain it's a lot of videos going up a lot of people coming at these women the hotels the men and women no it ain't necessarily hotels it's people i thought had good sense but no this is it's lots of videos out there and people tweeting and read well i mean you did mention you know is it just sneaking twitter but I, I don't i don't get it like again like i i know i said this probably almost every video if not most of them i am at the point where if you don't if i can't tell by your lifestyle that you really are pro-black i don't give a damn Kobe wasn't not blaming him he just wasn't I wasn't a basketball fan I shed tears the day Kobe died for his wife and the fact that that 13 year old baby was dead like I had heard that Kobe had passed and when I came and you know I was like damn we about the same age and then you have that conversation with yourself I was like damn that's messed up and I was thinking about some of my younger cousins that were really into Kobe. Then I found out his daughter was with him. That's when I cried. People like Kobe Bryant and Michael Jordan, athletes like that, I don't think they're pro-black. I think mm-hmm. they're indifferent. They've been rich so long. They're just- No, but it, see with Kobe, it was his upbringing though. It was beyond just the fact that he was rich. He, his people keep saying his wife is uh, Hispanic. She's Italian and she's Spanish. And Jordan, he and Jordan, you know, he was with all, his first wife, and she was light skinned He's colored, but she was at least she was still she was black. black. But everything and, that came after that, and that's fine. And you know what? I have I have less of an issue with that because she she got her chunk out of him. Yeah, but she got her chunk, and it was all on him. He was the one out there sh- um, cheating and being a hoe. And then another thing, Michael Jack—I mean Michael Jordan—was strangely silent over children dying over them shoes. Yeah, he didn't care. And Nike, and, and I mean, I remember at the peak, um, at the peak, man, kids were dying and shooting and, and stabbing and killing each other over those shoes. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And Jordan was silent. And you know, mm-hmm. I told you why I never bought another pair of Jordans again. I used to buy nothing but Nikes and Jordans. And I had um uh probably some Jordan. I forgot the numbers, but I was proud of those shoes. I worked hard. It was this is back in the nineties. So the shoes were hundred and twenty five to one hundred thirty dollars in the nineties. That's how much I paid for those shoes. And mm-hmm. I had came to college. In my first week, oh, yeah, yeah, some children put a gun to my head. Some teenagers over some, sneakers. Over some sneakers. Smith and West, never forget it, nine millimeter. Look down there, look down the hole of that gun. Nothing but darkness in there. It was real too. Like you would think it was a BB gun, but that was a real gun. Real gun over sneakers. Sneakers. I had to pull off my shoes and hand them over. A black child put a gun to my head over 
a pair of sneakers that it probably only cost Nike at most ten dollars to make and they charge me a hundred and twenty five to a hundred and thirty dollars and they kept putting out those shoes and kept putting out their shoes and we see those YouTube videos of people knocking each other over remember that mall that the black people just broke down the door mm-hmm. to get these Jordans and ran up in there in the mall and just took the shoes and it was just chaos and mayhem and instead of Nike and this is the thing about them making this inflated market where Jordans are thousands of dollars and mm-hmm. I always felt really mad it, Nike should not make exclusive shoes and they should make them as long as people buy them they should put them out therefore they should not do limited runs where speculators and people buy them all up and then make them make the price soar so high that people are robbing people over them they should just keep making them hell if people are buying them you need to keep making them and no exclusive shoes so that people won't be out here robbing and thieving over shoes i got one better and jordan was silent on that but Mm -hmm. um and and when, when have we ever really seen jordan really really take a stance no Colin Kaepernick, he's the owner of a black NBA team. Mm-hmm. Silence. He won't go say nothing. Nothing. And I mm-hmm. and I feel that people like Jordan and Kobe say it's not my place to say anything. I'm just an athlete. Like I'm not getting involved. It's too complicated. It's well, too I dirty. quoted what Kobe actually said with Trayvon. It wasn't even, oh, I'm an athlete. I'm not getting involved. He sounded just like every other white man out there. I need to see. We need to consider the facts, all the facts of the situation, and then make a decision. But yeah, I think they're indifferent. But again, Kobe was different for different. He was indifferent for different reasons. And I want to say Kaepernick said that if Kobe was playing when he was taking the knee, he. I want to say Colin Kaepernick said that Kobe would have took took a knee. No, he don't know what that man would have done. No. And again, <laughs> the the last forty eight no. hours of research that I've done, because again, I ain't know nothing about Kobe outside of he played basketball. We were around the same age. I didn't even realize. I honestly shoot me if you want. <laughs> Don't mm-hmm. crucify me. Um, I didn't really realize what team he played for. Yeah, because I don't watch. You know, that's not my thing. Um, and he wouldn't have took a knee because let me tell you, the NBA is worse than the NFL ever was. And people don't remember. You remember like the Chicago Bulls when they mm-hmm. were running all those championships? They had a player who was like us Mm -hmm. a Steph Curry type player named Craig Hodges Mm -hmm. Craig Hodges could shoot the lights out the gym Mm -hmm. in the clutch and nobody remembers that all of a sudden he wasn't on the Bulls no more he wasn't even on the team no more nobody said what happened to Craig Hodges so when they won a championship they went to the White House want to say Bush the senior was in office Mm -hmm. and they got when you go to the White House you get rules they tell the players rules like look don't touch him. Don't ask anything out of pocket. Don't give him nothing. Mm-hmm. No nothing. Craig Hodges shows up at the White House. I want to say in a dashiki, and gives the president a letter about the ills of the young black man and youth in it. the inner city. And guess what? You never saw Craig Hodges again. 
That was it. Mock Mood Ryuf was Steph Curry the first coming. Mock Mood Ryuf could shoot so good. Phil Jackson, who coached Michael Jordan, said that Mock Mood Ryuf, that was the greatest exhibition of shooting he had ever seen. And he coached Michael Jordan. Mock Mood Mm -hmm. was raining threes like fire. And during the national anthem, Mock Mood turned his back on the flag raised his hand and did Islamic prayers. Mm-hmm. We never can't, saw they can't, um... never saw Mahmoud again. Mm-hmm. So the NBA was the very first professional sports team to to quietly cut folk. They didn't even play that. So, mm-hmm. you know, I do not believe Kobe would have done that. Not in the NBA, though. No. Not for the Lakers. You wouldn't have played that. No. no and he no. wouldn't have had a problem with it. Yeah. Mahmoud, man. I, I remember him, like, when he was Chris Jackson or somebody, before he got all militant and changed his name to Mahmoud Rayouf, because he came in the league with a, a regular name, and then all of a sudden, this dude just mm-hmm. went off the rails. He had a he Muhammad, yeah. He had a Muhammad Ali conversion. Like I am no, I am Mahmoud Rayouf. You are so silly. And that was it, man. So the NBA, y'all talk about the NFL, but the NBA was the first one to start cutting mm-hmm. people. And I think I saw yeah. a thirty for thirty where they interviewed Craig Hodges and asked him about that. Mm-hmm. And uh, did Jordan, did Jordan do anything to maybe keep Craig Hodges playing? No. Mm-mm. No, nothing. Strangely silent. So yeah, these athletes. Ain't no man. strangely silent. Yeah. So, um, yeah. Do I believe we've dropped the ball on protecting our black women? Yes. Um, do I think that like we overreact? Yes. Absolutely. Over overreact all the time. Black Twitter. It's the internet. But the problem is people who have some notoriety and some fame should not, they should keep their mouth, well, I'm going to say keep their mouth shut, but not say anything to incite violence. He could have Mm -hmm. his opinion, but don't say anything, no, incite violence against anybody, white, black, woman, nothing. Because Snoop saying we're going to come for you and all of that, and Little Bootsy, I'm going to light you up. No. Absolutely not. Like I told you, had he not called them B-I-T-C-H's, not threatening to come after him and say anything that would incite or feed this piranha frenzy called black Twitter. Mm-hmm. If he had left it alone and just said, I'm going to ask you a simple question and I want a simple answer. And he, and why do you not go after them? And I would like for you respectfully would like for you to answer me, Gail. And just left it there. Just said, "Here's the question. I, I, I. You are indicted. We, Black Twit. We want an answer of why. Mm-hmm. And we, we will I be would, looking. I would have respected that yeah, a lot we, better. We will be looking for your response. And just leave it at that. You don't have to cuss her out. You don't have to call her out a name. You don't have to feed the promise." Mm-hmm. <laughs> thrash the water so the piranhas uh, just, just go crazy don't have to do that just say you stay in the queues and what is your response but even that probably wouldn't have worked because 
if she even came back with an answer and answered, would they really have accepted it? Probably not. So, Mm-mm. I mean, but I, I, I am interested in hearing them when they answer that question. I would like to know. I mean, because these are two guys are two of the worst. Some of the mm-hmm. and Epstein, Jesus. When I read and what he did, I don't care. I would. <laughs> I don't care. Maybe, I want to know what's going to happen maybe, with Lupita's case. Maybe she's waiting to the end of the case, like before all the litigation is done. Maybe she's just waiting till that's done, and then say something. Maybe. Maybe. Um, so she may have signed an NDA. But that's what I'm thinking. I'm see. I think that what might have happened with Oprah in dealing with Harvey and their company is in mm-hmm. those. I can I can assume that those contracts that they have to sign are just just crazy amounts of contracts, and I probably would believe that somewhere in this mountain of contracts, there's some wording saying that you will not disparage Miramax or any of our something something. You would not do this. You would not. And so that was my feeling about Oprah that somewhere in those contracts she is bound not Mm -hmm. to go after Harvey and I think that she is disgusted by not being having her hands tied and not being able to do that but Mm -hmm. but to not do it just because and so yeah so maybe that's why she does not do it but even that that seems like you know you're a champion but you know now that you got some skin in the game you're not gonna say nothing just because you got skin in the game why can't she are black do black men have the resources to save her if she does go against those contracts but no yeah but no but what Black men, see, black men want all of these, they want all of these, uh, all of this loyalty, but they're not able to give it. They don't have, what black man has the money to save Oprah Winfrey from a Weinstein if he were to go back and sue her? Just like I wrote down on that piece of paper before, when somebody was making a point about the white girl, was it Dyson mm-hmm. that said it? And it wasn't that level of vitriol black men were too scared to go after them yeah. go after that she lost her job though she did I bet, I, you somebody, I, bet you, I bet you somebody bankrolling her though yeah she well she That's didn't lose her job let me tell you let me, let me, I was wrong I'm wrong about that she did not lose her okay. job she was put on leave with pay if I'm not mistaken okay so I'd she got a vacation she got a vacation they were like look okay we get it you're a journalist, but you're gonna we're gonna have to censure you some type of way or gone on the vacation pir- The piranhas are coming. We're not you know, whatnot. It's it was too soon. It was too soon. <laughs> too soon. But yeah, we gotta censure you or the piranhas are coming. Mm-hmm. So Again, who gonna send who gonna send Oprah on a vacation? And, and you know what and, and see with Oprah though mm. I want to say with Oprah and Gail though they 
I think that um they have this I think that they have you know they think they have an air of invincibility and I think that they have some hubris about themselves like like we can do and we can pretty much do what we want and um I think they learned that let, let can, me expand that can, sentence for you. You can let do whatever you want, you. but it comes with consequences. Mm-mm. Mm-mm. Let me expand that. Okay. Let me help you. I'm going to help you. Okay. They can do what they want with their own money because they earned it. No black man showed them any type of loyalty to get the money they got. No black man gave them a job. Who put them on making millions of dollars, multi-millions of dollars a year. But these same women have also paid for countless scholarships, have helped pay for countless funerals of black men, specifically to Morehouse College. They did the same thing that that millionaire did one or two years ago. We think we mentioned it on the show. They've paid off people's tuition. I don't recall it getting as much uh, <laughs> fanfare. Getting as much exactly because it's expected of black women to nurture and cater to and provide for and protect and still smile and chuck and jive for black men, even though they don't do that for us. So whatever. As far as I'm concerned, Gail and Oprah can absolutely do what they want to do. Because they earned it. Not only can a black, no black man that I know of can protect those two, it took Susan Rice, another black woman. What was her position? She was something in the government. I think she she's was an ambassador, over some... right? Susan Rice is, is a current ambassador, isn't she? And she said I'm something like, Snoop, the consequences will be dire. We have an army. I was like, well, Snoop, she kind of really does have an army. If she's in a bathroom. So. so I'm saying, like, really? Good morning, sunshine. It's going to be a great workout. Who are you playing? No, you too. I was trying to watch someone. God, I had it connected. <laughs> you acted up over there. But no, and I mean, again, I didn't mean to get so very uh, quote unquote deep. It's just it, it just bothers me, especially after almost two decades of completely just separating Ooh. myself from media and all this other kind of crap. Matt Barnes into. has chimed Matt in. Matt Barnes? Yes. Who's it? Who the hell is a Matt Barnes? Kobe's former, um, oh, and he is. Oh, I can't even get that. So Matt Barnes is a former Laker who played with Kobe Bryant, who, who, he was a hothead. He's probably gotten fined more money by the NBA for just fighting altogether. He fought the coach. Uh, I want to say Derek Fisher. Well, Derek Fisher was uh, sleeping with his ex-wife. And Matt Barnes, drove, he played for the Clippers, L.A. Clippers. I want to say he drove 95 miles because his son told him, Daddy, he over here. 
Matt Bones drives 95 miles to his house in LA. Jumps mm-hmm. over the fence where they were having a cookout. I want to say uh, Derek Fisher was there. And they get in the all-out brawl right there. He's a, a hilarious guy. So, are you interested in hearing oh. what Matt Barnes has to say? Oh, black Matt women. Matt calls Gail King a token black woman. Oh, Lord. Yeah, black women love Matt Barnes, though. They be in love with some Matt Barnes. I don't see why. He look like a little albino fish. He is not attractive. <laughs> Let's see. He is... They gonna play some gangster music. It's fitting if they acting like gangsters. That's what they want to be. Mm, mm, mm. Gail King, Lisa Leslie interview. Everybody's talking about. First of all, shout out Lisa for handling that the way you did. <laughs> and then Gail. No. I don't even know what to say. To be honest with you, it's just some clown ass. And then you come out this morning trying to explain that it was the network, the network cut and edited. Are you surprised that a bunch of white people got the token black woman to go talk bad about some other black people? That's that surprised you. What network has he built? You're surprised about that? What networks has he built for a black woman to not be a token? Get out of here. You were the clown they thought you were and you did what what they thought you was going to do. He was Mm -hmm. crazy, man. Mm -hmm. Let these people rest in peace, man. Y'all find something else to fill your pockets up with. Oh yeah, then Jason Whitlock. I always had a suspicion about you till I met you, I worked with you. Never really seen no funny kind of seemed cool. And then to find out all the you talked about Kobe throughout his whole career. And then had you uh, had you as a token black man on Fox News, mm. calling him he's the smartest basketball player this, smartest basketball player that. When you know this whole, as, as long as you've had a platform, you've been talking about Kobe. You're a fucking clown too, straight up. Clown. We not taking no Kobe disrespecting the media. Don't give who you are. We in the media now too, so we got some power too. We got some voices too. We not taking no disrespect by nobody in the media. All y'all, straight up. Mr. Barnes. <laughs> mm. Mm-hmm. This is what uh, Susan Rice said. She tweeted, right? Uh-huh. Gail King is one of the most principled, fair, and tough journalists alive, Rice tweeted Friday. Snoop, back the F off. You come for at Gail King, you come against an army. You will lose, and it won't be pretty. Another journalist said, journalist Yashar Ali said in a tweet that the rapper's video was disgusting. He added, seen very few people defending Gail. I know that if she were a white anchor, she would have much more support. Mark Lamont Hill, the word for today is nuance. You can have a critique of Gail King, though folks should actually watch the whole interview and hold Snoop accountable for the misogynistic way he engaged her. Exactly. That's what I've been saying. You can have a critique. I think it is a fair critique. I think Dyson I said think it's, it's a, a fair critique. critique. But I don't what think Snoop did critique. was wrong. 
<laughs> you know, I don't think it was. A, I don't think it's a fair critique. Okay. And that's my issue. I don't. I don't think it's a fair critique. Because if we're going to hold Gail to that to that standard, black men need to be held at the same standard. They need to be held accountable for the bullshit they do. That's just what it is. And the only reason, like we've noted before, that they're coming at her like that is because she's a black woman. And her role as a black woman is to protect the community that black men are not building. Old dude, Matt, what was his last name? Matt Barnes. Matt Barnes. What network has he, what news network has he built so that black journalists, black female journalists don't have to be a token? What news, what, 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 what news outlets are there for us? If I remember correctly, isn't Oprah the only one that owns a, a station? Uh, I think Puffy owns one. What? What does he own? Puffy Is there a news owns, channel? Um... Uh, Revolt, Revolt TV. Does it have news? I want yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah, it really? Like, it has news up what? there. It's a full channel though. Revolt everything. News. What's the focus of the news though? Is it for black people? Because I mean, you got Telemundo. I see Revolt News, Revolt Information. Uh, digital it's a revolt tv is an american musical oriented digital cable television network founded by sean combs it launched in 2013 um it launched in 2013 it's 2020 and i ain't never heard of it well you know what they do a lot of stuff though i mean i watch baby it. i can barely i can barely get the site to pull up <laughs> Uh, so okay. my wordpress my WordPress blog process is faster than this. Actually, Revolt TV has just published an uh, an article nine hours ago. Snoop Dogg says he wishes no harm to D- Gail King. The rapper recently went do. off on Gail King, mentioning Kobe Bryant's rape allegations during an interview with Lisa Leslie. Snoop. Dog recently took the social media to address the video he made towards the CBS Good Morning America's Gail King following her interview with the former WNBA star Lisa Leslie during the conversation while speaking on the loss of late Kobe Bryant. Um, you know, so let's see what he said here. Oh, this is initially Snoop condemned King in a heated video. Telling her to back off. Let's see what Snoop. I guess that's it. Snoop says he wishes no harm to Gail King. Well, a little late for that now. What time he did? I don't want if that was before or after Susan Bryant told him to back the fuck off. February the 9th, 2020, 11.15 a.m. 11.15 a.m. Let me go back and see when the Miss Susan do hers. What time was that tweet? I just... 
It doesn't say. Well, this article was published yesterday. So this article that I was looking at was published yesterday. So uh, Susan said it yesterday. And now he means, and Snoop doesn't mean Gail any harm, even though he called a bitch and a, some version of a raggedy, scraggly dog and whatnot. Oh, okay. Mm-hmm. Snoop Dogg, according mm-hmm. to The Heel, Snoop Dogg says, I didn't threaten Gail King, but she yes. was very disrespectful towards Kobe Bryant. How? Where was the disrespect? She asked maybe three, four questions. How is asking a question disrespectful? How? I don't understand that. Help me understand. How is asking a question disrespectful? Evidently, somebody got in the stoop and said, like, look, um, if something by chance happens to Gail, you know you're liable, (laughs) right? You know you're liable. Mm Mm-mm. If somebody mm-hmm. takes a pop shot at Gail. So, you know, you know how people are. And we've had this discussion. I told you how people don't think and they go rush for it and put whatever in their mind comes out their mouth. And then when they go back home, <laughs> when they go back home, somebody, a publicist or somebody with some common sense calls them on the phone. Says, I saw your little video. <laughs> And uh, it's time to walk this back. Seal did it. Don't get mad. Seal walked his back. There's a long list of people who walk it back. Snoop, it's not that. It's not that complicated. Cause you know, if something happens to Gail. Somebody takes a pop shot, and lucky enough to get close to her, she gets stabbed or something. You know, you're liable, right? I see a tweet from an ambassador. Snoop, it's serious. Okay. It might not seem that serious, but it's ser- it's time to walk it back. Okay, buddy? All right? So you, you, you did your Ricky Mott Smiley show. You doubled down. Yeah, it's fine. You doubled down. It's time to rock it back. Okay, buddy? All right. All right, so I'm going to get a little press junket together. And we're going to help you walk that thing back. And that's what happened. I knew it was going to come. You know, he's going to walk it back. Because once the reality... When you put words out there, if somebody gets hurt, especially when you're a public figure, you put those words out there and somebody gets hurt. Yeah, that's on you, right? They're going to come for you. Do you mind if we move on to some positive black news? Yes. I'm irritated. Okay. Positive black news. <laughs> um, I found this site. And I think I'm actually I'm going to go ahead and bookmark it. It's called goodblacknews.org. Ooh, ooh. Goodblacknews.org. I love the idea of this site. Um, and it looks like again, they post good stuff every day. Like this show is thick. This ain't something that just started. So the one that I wanted to feature this week, because I remember seeing this particular thing on Google. At the beginning of Black History Month, it was so awesome. And even though, you know, I'm not an Aggie, I have always respected Auntie's involvement. Oh. 
in Ugh. the lunch counter. See, I got, I, I'm repping Miss, you know, my NCCU today. Yeah. But um, one of their articles from February 1st mm -hmm. um, tells us that the title says African American Miniature Museum founder and artist Karen Collins has Greensboro 4 piece highlighted by Google to kick off Black History Month. And it is absolutely gorgeous. I see. It is gorgeous. It's a 60 years ago, four African American college students sat down quietly at a white only, a whites only Woolsworth lunch counter in Greensboro, North Carolina. They received no service, only requests to leave, but they kept waiting for hours. And the next day they returned and waited again. Within three days of their protest, more than 300 students joined the young people who became known as the Greensboro Four in their sit-in. And if I remember correctly, because I, when we were in school, they had the actual counter. I remember one of the years that I was there, um, they, had it, they had it at Central in the museum. Yeah, they did the tour. Yep. Yeah. So, and I don't know how many of those students were anti students. I know at least half of them were a good deal of them had yeah, to be because there was also some from um who what other hbc i know there's bennett who else is in, is in and around greensboro auntie bennett um that are hbcus yeah that would have been because i you know i don't remember exactly who i don't all. think there, is there another hbcu that might those two might be the only two now Winston-Salem is close enough that maybe. and I think I remember somebody from Winston-Salem okay. being on that list I don't I'm and I wouldn't be surprised if there were some central students okay. too because be I've heard so. I've heard that you know plenty of us got credit during those days if we could prove that we were somewhere protesting you know yeah yeah so yeah, I thought this site was really awesome. I like to um, feature Shout it. Out to good black news. Mm -hmm. I told you we were gonna overcome one day. No. <laughs> Nick, don't do that. Don't do that. Like I said, I've been in a mood. Okay. Yeah, you do have an essay right there. Oh, this is two, three blog posts. I already posted one, one blog from this. This is a series, okay? I'm gonna tell you how motivated I was. I posted two videos on my On Code channel and right when you called me, I'd hit, hit enter on my On Code blog, okay? I'm telling you. I... See, you need to write for Medium, Medium Magazine. So you need to go there and sign up for Medium mm. and post that. Mm-mm-mm. Ethio, man. I'm telling you. Jada Pickett Smith, Red Table Talk Renewed through 2022 by Facebook. Oh, and cool. gets a spinoff. I, I haven't listened to Red, Red Table Talk. I've heard one or two. My mom listens to it on um, on a regular basis. It's just not, you know. Whitney Houston, Notorious B.I.G. inducted in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame in 2020. Oh, beautiful. Cool beans. I wanted to read that new book out by her best about friend. Her, oh, about yeah, her best friend slash lover. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Kind of sort of believe it, but... I mean, why wouldn't you? 
she had to if she yeah i think it was i think it was true that you know that was her boo thing and she really couldn't say anything about it while she was alive can you imagine her mama's reaction she Can clutched her imagine? pearls. That church woman Honey. clutched her pearls like, Lord. <laughs> What's her mama? And honestly, I ain't, ain't no, sissy, no lie, but I Houston. think, is it Sissy? I think she sings better than um Whitney. No. Absolutely. I think so. You don't think so? Whitney Houston is the best female vocalist ever. Control, pitch perfectness. Prior to, prior to her, her, her crackish well, yeah. ways. Whitney Houston sang so good. She sang the Star Spangled ba- Banner at a football game, and it went platinum. I mean, <laughs> you know, I that thing went platinum. I get that. Double but platinum, if I'm not mistaken. I, I still say because of her irresponsibility with her voice. Yeah. she toward the end. Yeah, toward the end, her voice was gone. But it was terrible. At her peak, nobody. Not Patty LaBelle. Not and I'm Patty seriously LaBelle. not trying to down her because I I do believe she is one of she was one of the, the best. Greatest. I'm seriously not. She Gladys Knight or Aretha Franklin. Aretha I mean, Franklin was soulful, but when it comes to pitch perfectness, clarity, and range, Whitney Houston was without equal. How long was she? She how long? had a string. She was for a couple of years she didn't go downhill her her dissension was quick i feel and sudden you think so yeah because she I had feel a like good there career. was didn't she what there's a, a, like two or three concerts where she didn't do right well. but that was like toward the beginning of the yeah and yeah. she retired at one point because she wasn't making albums no she for had a just, good stretch yeah I feel like the last one I remember was that um, the one with that song, "My Love Is Your Love and Your Love Is My Love." Yeah, and she really didn't sing then. I think like her voice was she was losing her voice, and you noticed mm-hmm. that style of music that they produced for that album lent itself to someone who doesn't have to do a lot of singing. Okay, yeah, because yeah. I noticed her range, her range wasn't that, but you know what I will always love her for the bodyguard no I haven't even seen that movie but when she sang did we almost have it all lord Jesus that was my mm-hmm. song mm-hmm. oh I was just about to remember that woman's name oh honey when she read Wendy Williams for filth have oh, you yeah. ever heard that interview? Yeah, you know, Whitney Houston Ooh. would read people. This That, that wasn't the first time. Mm. Like, I want to say uh, Whitney, w- w- Wendy Williams has been read so many times by, what was it, Judge O'Brown read her oh, and yes. told her your Call nostrils her. are gone for different cocaine. Yes. But child, I had no, I, and again, I was out of the loop. But when I heard the way Whitney Houston read that darn Wendy Williams, I was through. Okay, I became a Whitney Houston fan all over again, just for that. Okay, it was awesome. And yeah, Judge Joe Brown dug into it too. Oh my gosh, I feel like the other judge went for it too. 
yeah, oh, she wow. she came she came for Whitney Houston came for Wendy Williams. Let me see. Oh, I'm a Rosa versus Wendy Williams. I told you she been read so many times. Like, it, I want to hear this. People, one. please, I got to play this one. I got to play this one. Oh my word! Ooh, 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 ooh. Let me turn this down. Oh, I got it. I got it. You got it over there. Yeah. Oh my gosh! I must hear this one. <laughs> I know you heard this one. Oh, I could just imagine. Honestly, I'm a rosa in gold. You said you was gonna straighten me out. What the hell was that? I said, move you out. Move me out. What does that mean? We're talking, have a nice conversation. Let's have a conversation. Oh no, I know how to chill, okay. but I will not be disrespected. She Ooh. came out the gate. She <laughs> just sat down, didn't even sit down okay. good. <laughs> because everybody know what it is with Wendy. For you to look for your moment, I invited you here. Oh, I know how to find again. my moment, but it's I okay, understand. Bro. We're gonna Let's talk switch. about the book. All right, well, let's get to it, Wendy. Oh, don't. Uh-uh. Ooh, she snatched the book out of Wendy's hand. Right no, Kenny has the camera right here. This is a cl up close camera. Would you like it to be seen? The book comes out in October. What did I just do? <laughs> Nothing, right? Okay. Listen, we're going to start this over. Please help me welcome my guest, Omarosa. <laughs> so, from the clip, which I was one of the reasons, excuse me, you were the reason that I watched Celebrity Apprentice. And the reason being is that you are a person who incites She didn't have to interest, do Kwame like that. Good, bad, or indifferent. Clearly, Trump sees something like that from you, which is why he invites you back mm -hmm. over and over. I understand that there could possibly be a show that you all will be working on together, possibly. But I did the Celebrity Apprentice because it was about charity. And I work with kids in Compton who don't have an opportunity to have a voice, to fight for themselves. They face crime, they face violence, and they don't have people to look up to. So I went on that show to tell people about Positive Vibrations, my charity in Compton, California. Okay, well, that was, that was um, yeah, it was entirely for charity. I enjoyed it. Um, your relationship with Pierce was was quite fire. Um, what was it about Pierce that rubbed you the wrong way? You know, Pierce was the competition. The Celebrity Apprentice, as well as the first season, it's a competitive reality show. At the end, there's only one winner, and I wanted it to be me. So I had to get rid of the other contestants. And you do that by either outselling, outplaying, outwitting. And that's what I was doing with Pierce. Is it is it that you have... This, this persona that people associate with you. And we're going to talk about the book in just a moment. But Kenny is, by the way, if you would like people to actually see it. Hey, you Kenny. To, How you doing? You have to hold it to that camera. Got it. Okay. Um, she still ain't held the book up yet. Your, oh, I'm sorry. Mm -hmm. Your your mm -hmm. persona. What size should you wear? Nine and a half. Nine and a half. I wear size 11. Yeah. I like this. Yeah. Thank you. Um, your, your persona as being this bitch, as being difficult to work with, as being an ice queen, as being oh. somebody that people don't like, as being I like got all me nominated to be the number one villain by TV Guide about a month ago. I no, you, and, and, and I'll say this: you definitely are. If it was easy, everybody would be doing it. And when and when I Thank come back, I, I'm very confident you'll be picked up. I would love to see you at the top of your game, which would be winning an Emmy. I'd love to see you. Yes. 
while while you and I probably have uh, quite a bit in common regarding um, you know some demanding ways, I always find that you show the honey, and it usually works out better. And I'm a little bit sweeter. Um, are you? Yes. Uh oh. The interesting thing is, you know, I've watched her career. I think it's fantastic to see a, a African American woman in daytime television. We need more of that. I'm supportive yeah. of that. But I, uh oh. But, I feel uh, a backhanded compliment coming. Said something coming. By your ways uh -huh. on radio, by pushing the buttons, yeah. by having great interviews. But but it's it's very interesting that you've kind of switched it up for the t the talk show. I love to see really. more of the I edge. Think these people. I'd love to see more of the Wendy, I'm uh, seeing a, a softer side, and maybe you're evolving. I like that. Maybe you're evolving. <laughs> no, this is the same Wendy. Maybe I you're evolving. I like opinion, that. Just my opinion. I see a little softer side. Maybe you know they're backing you up for the show. <laughs> Who knows? What do I know? Let's talk about the book. The book Actually, is called the, Hi Kenny. There you go. It's called the bitch switch, and yeah. I really believe that every woman has a bitch switch. Okay, so this first of all, the book is not actually here um, because it, it will be out in October. And tell us what it's about. We're pre-selling it on Amazon if you want to get your oh, copy. Oh, good. Okay. But it's about the fact that every woman has. There you go, plugging right. Every woman has a bitch switch. They have to learn how to turn it on and learn how to turn mm -hmm. it off to Do get you know what how to they turn want. Yours off? Absolutely. <laughs> Uh -uh. She didn't have to go there. Okay, so so tell us tell us some of these ways. Um, First thing is, women shouldn't be afraid to that ask for what they want. We shouldn't have to apologize because we're tough and we go after what we want, how we want it. Everybody gets put down in the workplace if you're a woman and you're strong and you're outspoken. Look, I, I agree with what she's saying, but sometimes the delivery could be a little bit harsh. But we're working our way through. I want to know more about your book. This is a how-to guide. I need to know it more. It is for women. All right, everybody. Keep it here. More with Omarosa after this break. Mm. Mm -hmm. I oh, love yeah. Omarosa. She, Wendy Williams been getting served <laughs> for years now. She should. See, PBS is really filming highlights of Olympic Keith Smart's rare success as a black man in the sport of fencing. Fencing? Yeah, with a little sword, little, you know, <laughs> look like a little metal toothpick. I'm God. And they start. <laughs> I didn't even know black folks was out here fencing. That's good. That's mm -hmm. good. We, we all over the place, boy. We, mm -hmm. we doing up something. I love this site. Mm-hmm. Okay, okay. Yeah. I like that site too. Maybe we then we need to add that segment pick of the weeks for a site. Mm -hmm. Maybe I can do like vloggers that I found. Maya Angelou and RuPaul are inducted into the state of California's Hall of Fame. Cool. RuPaul looks weird now. <laughs> I feel like I saw him the other day doing something. I don't know what, though. Probably on some type of show. <laughs> I think he was. I think he was on some show. He got it broken down. Mm. Fiction books. Mm, 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 mm. Yep. What you got planned for this week? 
doing taxes working that's right tax season tax season i I went to the irs website where's my refund it says it's been mailed awesome yeah you don't get direct deposit no i don't want no direct deposit (laughs) Uh, you know i have this irrational fear that say they find something like wait a minute you don't actually get a refund you owe I just had this fear. Okay, I know they came, but I had this fear they're gonna be like, "Oh, you know what? He put in for the right part. Let's just grab it right out of." <laughs> you gotta give them permission. They can't do that. The only time they can do that is if it's, uh, you know, debt and you're not, and they they have an order to garnish. My check in the mail is gonna be here in time for Mardi I'm, I'm glad. Mardi Gras is gonna be here. This man right here. Gras. I got my tickets. We we gonna fly on Frontier from okay. Durham to Atlanta. Fifty seven dollars mm-hmm. round trip. Mm-hmm. Air Greyhound. <laughs> Fifty seven dollars. We were gonna this drive to Atlanta to get. Greyhound. We were gonna drive to Atlanta to, so we're we're going out. We're going on the party bus, Mardi Gras party bus. Shout out to Diamond mm-hmm. Divas. And their Mardi Gras party bus, and it leaves out of Atlanta nonstop to New Orleans. And we were gonna drive until I happened upon those two tickets on Frontier, and I was like, "Man, that's cheap. We can't yeah. even get the mega bus to Atlanta that cheap." And usually, you know, Frontier seats are like church. I call it the flying church bench because their their seats are as comfortable as old school Baptist wooden church benches with no cushion. And I once flew, we flew to Vegas on Frontier and boy, my butt hurt. But for a one hour flight, I can suffer. Mm -hmm. So we will be on Frontier to Atlanta. Probably going to. How many bags? Can See, that's take? the thing. Frontier, you know, Frontier gonna hit you in the head. They're that's what I was gonna say. You may yeah. as well get that little package for twenty some odd dollars. So yeah. I'm yeah, I'm gonna pay twenty five dollars for the package. I probably only need carry on. It's not like we're gonna be down there that long anyway. Like I only need, have to pay. I just need three pairs of drawers, two pairs of pants, and three shirts. So I'm good. Maybe four pairs of drawers. Maybe. Because you never know. When take, you get a, take a packet of Tide with you just in case. You got to watch. Well, you can always buy draws, so I'm good. Like just two pair. But you get down to New Orleans, you know, ain't no telling. Yeah. So you wear stuff like this disposable because there ain't no telling when you get down to Mardi Gras. You probably gonna burn them clothes. You never know, man. Oh, Projectile vomit, you don't know. Uh, okay, okay, I'll take your word for it. Okay. wild. When that sun go down. I believe you. I got pictures. I don't, I, <laughs> I don't care to see any pictures. I tell you, boy. Woof. Mm-hmm. I'm hydrating already. Please do. Get your Pedialyte and everything mm-hmm. lined Pedialyte, up. Pedialyte, my, um, what you mm-hmm. call it? Uh, mm-hmm. you, uh, what you call it when you, you take it so you don't have to use the bathroom? Um, uh, what you call it? What the hell? Because it's Mardi Gras. You don't want to be down there and got to take a boo-boo on Mardi Gras. There's not a bathroom to be had. You not in a, you, you don't have a hotel? 
it's a one day turnaround. You get on the party bus Saturday night at 12 a.m. Yeah, that's on the that party bachelor. bus. You on the party bus. 12 a.m. You get to New Orleans at like 8 something in the morning. Mm-hmm. And then you're there to like 2 o'clock in the morning. And then you get back on the bus and you're coming back to Atlanta. Mm-hmm. Okay. What you talking okay. about? There's plenty of women on them trips too, and that's fine for them. Mm-hmm. I would not do that. Yeah, it's hardcore. You gotta be hardcore. The party I'm bus not. ain't no joke. I'm not. Ain't Have no, we not met? Ain't no brakes on the party bus. <laughs> Have <laughs> we not met? Has no brakes. I need a hotel. I need breakfast. See, I need if lunch. I can find and one, plan dinner. If I can find one, I probably will get a room. Mm-hmm. Even though we're not going to be there that long, but just to have a place. But yeah, you you take something like a modium or something because you don't want to have to use the bathroom during Mardi Gras because mm-hmm. then you're going to have to probably use one of those porta potties and nobody mm-hmm. wants to use a Mardi Gras like a New Orleans porta potty. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Mardi Gras. Mm. Mm, mm, mm. It's, like, it's like using the bathroom in the strip club. You don't want to have to, or the Waffle House. You never want to have to use the bathroom at the Waffle House. Now that I can identify with, you are absolutely right. Usually the strippers have a stall already set up. Not yeah, the they, they the have prostitute. They have a good bathroom. The strippers have a good bathroom, but everybody else, you mm. do not want to use a strip club bathroom. Wow. Especially okay. not in the black strip club. Well, that's all, baby. That's all you. You don't because that. it may not even have a, a seat. That might be optional, <laughs> like the little the little seat thing. It might not mm-hmm. even be up there. Yeah, yeah. I've seen some. You do not want to have to sit on that toilet. I ain't even seen water that color. Sometimes, like, what color is that? Mm-mm. Mm-mm. So. Yeah, you have fun with that. Um, Money grow. It's not what I do. We're gonna get you down there when we're gonna get you down tomorrow. Not, not, not as long as I have not my on the own party room. bus. Not on the party bus. We're gonna we're gonna get okay. you. Okay. Okay. <laughs> Naomi live from Mardi Gras. Oh yeah, we're gonna do the podcast live from Mardi Gras. I might even, I might even call you up and start podcasting from the party bus. I need, I need to be in the bougie section. Is there a bougie negret section somewhere? Probably, probably is probably like in the very front of the bus, like them first four seats. I ain't getting no bus for everybody sitting in the front looking in the back. Time I look at them. Oh, <laughs> but you on the bus? You go. I'm going to Mardi Gras. I'm going to Mardi Gras for the cultural significance. I am not getting on that bus, sir. Mm-mm. What is? Mm-mm. Why does every frontier ain't nothing but a flying greyhound? That's all it is. Everybody got something against the bus. Mm-mm. Mm-mm. At least the toilets work on frontier. That little itty bitty toilet. As long as it works, it goes whatever, whatever sprinkling of water. I hate that's the one thing I hate about plain toilets. 
you go in there, use the bathroom, it's got three drops of water, and then it just gets sucked all in there. <laughs> and half of the mess end up staying right there in the bowl. Soul plane ruined. Airplane bathroom. I walked bathroom. out of soul plane. I, I, I walked out. I walked out, went to the front, demanded that they gave me my money back, and they gave me my money back. You have just listened to the So Glitch Podcast with your hosts, Dion and Naomi. Subscribe to the podcast on Anchor, Spotify, Apple Podcast, and Stitcher. This podcast is sponsored by Who's Your Daddy? The one-hour paternity testing center. Before you go on Maury Povich, give us a call. With several locations in Durham and Fayetteville, North Carolina. Wanda's Wigs and Weaves Emporium. If you're into Crayola-colored wigs and weaves and caterpillar eyelashes, let us serve all your needs. Ray Ray's Tax Revenue and Fish Market. Come get a free flounder dinner and two sides with every W-2 you file with us. We file it and fillet it. Frying Nemo Soul Food and Sushi Fusion. Stop by and try our mac and cheese egg rolls, colored green spring rolls, and hoghead cheese shashami. 10% discount to listeners of the Soul Glitch Podcast. That's this week's episode of the Soul Glitch Podcast. Don't forget to join us next week for another episode. Thanks for listening.